0: Hey, Com City, we are excited to continue our new series called our Com City Conversations. It's a lot of brand awareness yeah, there, a lot yeah. of Com City brand awareness, uh, where, where we are just continuing to tell stories and really just collect stories. Actually, early on in the development of our church, we had this thing on our website. I don't even know if it's still on there or not, that talked about one of the things we wanted to do was collect stories because we believe that God is in the business of writing Uh, incredible stories of which he is the hero and the way that we collect him is to hear and to participate um, and and to really just display and declare what he's up to and so uh, we recognize that God has set his story in our hearts and we want to be good stewards of that so today we are learning and listening and collecting and declaring who he is and what he's up to and we are featuring Liz Barber Um, so a, a cool moment about Liz before we introduce her a little bit more um, specifically is there was a Sunday. Now, now you guys listening may think that everything that happens in one of our videos or on Sunday mornings is like planned, but it is not always planned. That would require me and Kurt and all the other people to be super organized. And the spoiler alert is we're not. And so um, we were doing the video, the, the pre-recordings for, for our COVID season, and we were shooting our things on totally different days all, we often, you know, worship would be one day or the the prayer times would be sent in. And it was a, a Sunday back when Kurt and I were teaching on telling our stories. And he actually ended up modeling that for us. And Liz was leading worship that day and introduced that Sunday morning about the importance of just like declaring who God is and what he's done as we overcome the works of the enemy. And she quoted from the book of Revelation and how that we we overcome. Um, we overcome by both the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And uh, she even said at one point, like even in the time of worship, for us to reflect and remember what he's done, what story we've been given and how we can testify to overcome the enemy. And so it's just kind of cool that we're getting to, to see that now and hear that from her. Like she's she kind of, Invited us to be storytellers as a church um, on our on our video, but now today we get to feature her story. And so, Liz, we've seen your face and we've heard your voice often as you lead us in worship. But tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Hey, calm City. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Um, things about me: I'm from Lexington, Kentucky, born and raised. I grew up in a Christian household with two wonderful parents. Um, went to LCA for the majority of my time in school. Uh, Ended up going to Asbury, studied church music, and then kind of stayed in the area. Met my husband at Asbury, and then just kind of stayed around. That's kind of briefly who I am. Well,
0: that's awesome. Well, um, as we dive in a little bit more to your story, uh, we're going to kind of go the next layer with this question. You know, when we talk about testimony, uh, I feel like it's often kind of framed in uh, who I was before Christ, what he's done, who I am after Christ, and those aren't bad questions um, for us to ask at all. And maybe that's maybe that's even a good framework. And so, in light of that, I guess I want to ask you this: How uh, did your journey with Jesus begin, and and kind of catch us up to to present day? Yeah.
1: Well, I would say that growing up, before my my story even started, um, I would describe myself as a person who struggled. With people pleasing and you know worshiping others' opinions of me, almost to a debilitating degree. Uh, Like you can even ask, like I was super timid uh, my freshman year of college, and even after we started dating, he was like, "If we're going to keep dating, you have to talk at least some." Like I can't be holding conversations with myself. Um, So I was just so afraid of him and others just not liking my thoughts or opinions. So I just tended to kind of keep to myself and not really talk at all, even to family. They kind of see me as really quiet and shy, which I still am, um, but I kind of am trying to use that for God's glory, so um, yeah.
0: Well, as you, uh, as you even pursued what it means to be a worship leader and kind of follow in obedience after the Lord, um, we talked a little bit earlier before this podcast just as we as we kind of developed what 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 journey we were going to take what route we were going to take and some of these questions Um, you mentioned a little bit to me so I'll I'll ask you here how did how did you like kind of first really hear the voice of the Lord and and really like understand um, what that encounter with him was like and how that promoted you to what you do now?
1: Yeah, well, I first knew that I wanted to be, or that I was going to be a worship leader when I was in high school. Uh, Going into my senior year, we went to a conference called CIY, which is Christ in Youth. It's kind of like D now. I don't know what denominations go to which, but um, I remember looking at the worship leaders and knowing in my heart that that's what I was going to be doing. And um, that was kind of intimidating because I don't like to be seen at all. I don't like to be heard really at all. So, and at the time, there weren't really any female worship leaders to kind of look to, maybe darling check, but our church didn't really sing any Hillsong songs, and I didn't know who she was. I just knew that sometimes I would hear shout to the Lord yeah, and shout
0: out, shout to the Lord. Yeah. I was going to say.
1: Yeah, but um, I knew that I wanted to be a worship leader back then. Didn't know how it was going to happen um, or what that looked like, but. Uh, Kind of leading out of high school and going into freshman year of college, um, I really struggled with depression and even anxiety to a certain degree um, with, you know, harming myself and having suicidal thoughts, um, hearing voices even. And um, I was really desperate for any kind of community at the time, like I was Mostly alone because all of my friends were kind of going to college and leaving. I was too old for youth group. Like at one point, they were just like, "Girl, you gotta stop showing up. Like this is for our high schoolers, and we need to find you something else." But they didn't have it. I'm at church, um, so I ended up going to Asbury College. And even during my freshman year, was struggling with depression during all that time. um, But it ended up being a great place for me to get mentally healthy again. And I met some amazing uh, professors and friends and my husband, Blake. So I'm super grateful for the care that I got at Asbury while I was there.
0: And that, you know, the Lord using that season and some of those people uh, to make you healthy and to uh, provide community for you, that that obviously, I think, became a, a... a season where a little more health came out of that. And then Mm -hmm. you started to pursue that dream of yours from high school uh, of being a a worship leader.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, like whenever I was, like, I grew up in church and I had like really emotional worship experiences and, you know, Asbury was a wonderful school and it was used for the for a way of preserving my life. Um, but I didn't actually have an impactful meeting with Jesus until I was interviewing for a ministry position and I had to give an account of my story and, um, uh, with all the depression and, you know, actually kind of healing through that, but not really knowing what Jesus had done and all that. I just knew that it had happened, and here I am telling all these men about it in a room that I really want to impress them, and I was coming across as being weak and careless, so um, I gave... I shared everything with them, and I just talked about, and um, all I can remember is leaving that room with so much shame, and um, even embarrassment for feeling that shame, and I remember just crying for hours in the interview, and then, um, yeah, just because I was a professing Christ follower who was serving in their church at the time as a volunteer, um, but that I could become so broken and misled, I was so embarrassed, but...
0: And so the Lord, you know, feeling that way, the Lord was really faithful um, to meet with you uh, mm-hmm. in, in that place of, of feeling that shame and, and maybe hearing uh, lies or deceit from the enemy kind of strewn about you. And, you know, I think, I think that's even a, a recognition, as you mentioned before that time, you the, that video I talked about earlier where you were leading worship and talking about um, recognizing how we triumph over the work of the enemy. Like even just to acknowledge as you were pursuing obedience in your calling, um, to see Satan have thrown landmines everywhere, you know, that end up feeling like they go off right in the middle of your interview. Like that has to almost feel like an ambush. Oh, yeah. You know, spiritually speaking. And so coming out of that, coming out of feeling what you felt in that moment and and having to kind of once again uh, reconcile you know, these thoughts and feelings of embarrassment and shame and weakness. You know, how was God faithful to meet with you? Yeah,
1: I, I had to go to a rehearsal that same night. And uh, my friend sat with me for a couple of hours and we didn't even talk. I just cried and she stayed there. <laughs> and um, I remember crying, uh, not crying, but um, driving home uh, from that rehearsal after she had met with me and um, just asking God, why do I feel so much shame for something that happened so many years ago, um, and why do I still feel embarrassed about it? If, if your weakness is supposed to make me strong, then why do I still feel so weak? And he said, and I don't hear God audibly, um, but this is probably the most tangible way that I have, have heard him, one of two ways, but he said, you don't have to be ashamed and looking back on it now, like, that was a, a moment um, where God flipped, flipped the narrative for me, where um, I could have reacted and kept on going with just coping and managing, but he wanted to flip it and lead me towards healing um, of that time. And um, I could see, like, in hindsight, uh, that Satan was trying to accuse and shame me for just being broken in general.
0: You know that's an incredible testimony, and I want to take a moment and just kind of highlight some things. You know, I know I'm I'm kind of playing the role of of host in this podcast, um, but I don't think I ever take off the the hat of of being kind of a, a preacher at heart or a truth a truth teller. But what you said rung so true with me on like what it means to hear the voice of the Lord from the source, and I know that the source is His Word. Written for us as well, but I always think of that verse in Romans chapter eight, verse sixteen. And listen, like I believe the Bible is you know inerrant and and infallible and the inspired authoritative Word of God. And so I believe Romans eight sixteen is true because it's in the Bible. Like I already take it at at that a truth you know face value. I acknowledge it as truth because it is in the Holy Scriptures. But Romans eight sixteen, if you're not familiar with the verse, essentially says that. His spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And there's a cool testimony there because do I know Romans 8:16 is true because it's in the Bible? Of course. But you know why else I know Romans 8:16 is true? Because I have, have my own story, my own moments where His voice and His truth has spoken to our doubts, um, spoken to our fears or spoken to my fears, spoken to my anxieties, spoken to my shame. And learning it from the source, like hearing the creator of, of me, but also the creator of the world, like his spirit testify with mine. And, and, you know, when I think of testify, like I think of like old school church, like people getting up and testifying, or I think of like a legal, you know, kind of courtroom scenario. But, but if you were to really like unpack that word, even it, it's really the word corroborate, like his spirit corroborates and for those of us that don't use that word every day in our, in our language, that would be me. Um, you know, is confirms like his spirit confirms with our spirit. Like it, it reminds us of who we are and whose we are. And, and I just, that's the preacher moment that I have to feel like I have here is to just shine a light on just God's faithfulness to meet you where you are, where you were and to remind you uh, of who he says you are because of his work and his grace and his mercy over us. And, and you know, I know we could start just shotgunning verses at that. But even as you tell that part of your story, I'm just reminded of of the verse in, in uh, the Bible where it says in Zechariah, you know, like, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says mm-hmm. the Lord. And I, I think that's so true where you talked about, like, being able to just, yeah, I could just keep going forward and, and acknowledge some of these places of weakness or some of these places of brokenness and just kind of basically put my, you know, put my head down and like power through it and cope. And confessionally we do that a lot, don't we? Mm -hmm. Like we just kind of grin and bear it or grit our teeth and get through it. And I don't, I think that's responding in the flesh, you know, and I think that freedom in Christ really invites us to um, hear from the source truth, overcome those lies and to, and to be motivated to live in our everyday life, like not just the super spiritual moments, in our everyday life by the power of his spirit. Um, you had some verses that you even, I mean, you kind of quoted one a little bit there. Yeah. You mentioned strength and weakness, so I know that one's coming. Yeah. Um, what are some, some ways, not just hearing from the Lord like you felt like you did in that moment, but also, you know, that being confirmed and just congruent with the rest of his word and and the scriptures. What are some, what are some places that God's word has sustained you in that?
1: Yeah. Well, actually just coming out of that moment where God talked to me, um, and spoke to me, uh, just the verse that's in Psalms. I don't even know what the reference is. you might know, uh, but that the Lord is close or near to the brokenhearted. And just knowing that the brokenness means that Christ is near. It's not necessarily like, even though you may feel alone, um, or you may feel broken and not good enough that Christ will meet you in that place. Um, but then the the verse that I kind of alluded to earlier is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And uh, this is after Paul has kind of discussed that he had been met with a messenger of the enemy. And that he had asked of the Lord to take uh, that that away from him. And, that, and this is how the Lord repri- replied. Um, but he, meaning the Lord, said to me, Paul my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul is saying, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, shoo, this is good, and calamities.
0: Take your time. Take your time.
1: For when I am weak, then I am strong. And even now, like, feeling weak in this moment and vulnerable, I know that Christ is strong in me. So that is such an encouragement.
0: Amen. Um, You know, I think we we have those moments. And in fact, I think they serve as pretty ever-present reminders um, of his strengths in our times of inadequacy. In fact... I believe that following Jesus is one of the things where, you know, especially in our country and in our American culture, where like productivity and efficiency and strength and, you know, I mean, even today I was texting someone about a prayer request and I said, this season has been draining because I've had to operate so little in my strengths, you know, (laughs) Um, the things that I feel I do so naturally have been seemingly out of reach and we put so much of a value on or so much of a value on being able to to operate and and kind of live in our strengths but that's what's so counterintuitive about following Jesus is he actually is like the best posture is the weakest <laughs> the best vessel is the most fragile you know and i mean there's just so many ways we could do many more podcasts devoted to the counterintuitive nature of the way of Jesus but i think one that that it's hard for me to get past is that following Christ and being an apprentice and a disciple of Jesus is most rewarding when we're at our weakest, not at our strongest, you know? Yeah. And so just thanks for, for living that out. Even in even in front of me and Trey, who are here in, in studio, uh, but in front of all of us as, as you just kind of invite us in to your story. And, and, you know, like, even as, as we kind of move forward in that, um, you mentioned, you know, some of some of the places where you started your journey with Jesus, like being timid and and being afraid or, or, or desire, desiring people's approval and those kind of things. And now you're in front of us pretty regularly as a worship leader, and certainly you know writing songs and singing songs and worshiping the Lord in a very visible way. Um, how do you guard against some of that stuff as it continues to crop back up and show back yeah. up today?
1: Um, it's definitely, especially as a worship leader, um, to get caught up in people pleasing and, um, worshiping the, the opinions of the people that see you, um, which is something that I originally struggled with anyway. Um, but I think that it's important, just like you were saying a couple of weeks ago, to live a life of repentance or of daily repentance. And it needs to be dealt with every single day, like remove that idol from your heart, from the throne of your heart and replace it with Jesus, um so, yeah, even though um, that I kind of struggle with that and still struggle with it a little bit, um, my friend Gary said one time that whenever he would come up to teach, which is interesting because Gary was one of the people that was in the room interviewing me too. <laughs> He's the kindest man. Uh, but he, um, he used to say, there's no one to impress and only one to please. And repeating that every single morning whenever I – would lead worship in any kind of way or lead people in any kind of way. Just picturing Jesus just sitting alone by himself. Like that's my only audience today um, was centering.
0: You know, that's so true when it comes to um, recognizing what it means to really focus on that one, you're pleasing it. And to also acknowledge that like the pressure's off because um, through the work of Christ, we have pleased the Father, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember hearing one time at a conference, uh, Tim Keller saying that, like, we were created to hear the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. The problem with our lives, especially to that idol of approval that you mentioned, and I struggle with that too. The problem with our lives is that we often satisfy, are satisfied by hearing that phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, from far lesser like sources. You know, we're we're satisfied in hearing it from friends or neighbors or family or people in our church or, or, you know, anybody that might give us a compliment and and to really kind of posture ourselves to say like, no, 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 like I actually get to hear that from the father who loves me. And actually I get to hear it because Jesus earned well done good and faithful servant Mm -hmm. for me. You know, that's so, so cool. Um, and just a, a great reminder to do that. All of life is is repenting that you talked about. You know, we ask a question here at Commonwealth often. What does, like, what makes you come most alive in Christ? Essentially a way to kind of uh, discern what our passions are or um, a place that we just desire to join join the Lord in his work. And so for you, you told me a little bit about it, but but I want to ask you, like, what, what's something you have a strong passion about or what really makes you come, come alive in Jesus? Yeah,
1: um, I love discipleship, which just means walking along with somebody else um, to lead them closer to Jesus. Um, I love mentoring my, my college girls at CSF and um, other worship leaders uh, to actually live lives of worship and not just sing songs of worship and act like you're worshiping, um, because it's kind of um, prevalent in Christian culture even to see that happening, and then try to emulate it, but not actually having the heart behind it. Um, So just walking with them and teaching them, like, your worth for Christ is not how well you play your instrument and how uh, well you sing. Um, It comes from your actual identity in Christ, because Christ has saved you. He died for you. He raised for you. He helps you now. Um, So, um, yeah, just asking the question, if all of this was gone, would you be less to Christ? Would you be less of a person? And I I mean, absolutely not. You would not be less of a person if all of that was stripped away. And I want to help uh, worshipers in general, and especially worship leaders, to come to grips with that that you are not a commodity, you are a person who, is, who has intrinsic value in Christ, uh, but not because of the way that you play or the way that you sing. All those things are wonderful, and they please the Lord, that you are able to express worship and your heart for worship uh, with those things, but ultimately knowing who you are in Christ. That's something that I'm very passionate about.
0: That is, that is so important and such an incredible heart. And, you know, I want to say this even about, about you and really about all the people that regularly invite our faith family here at Commonwealth to worship Jesus, you know, in those corporate settings on Sundays. Is, is watching you, watching Kurt, um, watching Joel and Chelsea, watching, you know, any of the people that lead, Madison or Bailey or, or any that happen to, to kind of take, a, take the direction of, of leading us to Jesus it's just so evident that your worship leading is an overflow of your devotional life. And I've been around church enough to know when people are just singing songs, mm-hmm. you know, or even form-fitting songs to the topic or the theme or whatnot. And I'm not saying that God isn't honored in that. I mean, I think anytime you declare truth about who he is, he is honored, yeah. you know. Um, but there's something I think even extra special, and maybe I have a, a, a little bit of, you know, calm city lenses on here just to to say a little bias but I think it's been extra special for me even to see God be so faithful to provide not really worship leaders as much as like lead worshipers Mm -hmm. in front of our family that are saying hey come come join where I am devotionally with with the Lord and just like ushering people into that same presence you know and and even as we've talked to s- staff before, like, yes, you know, sometimes like, I or Kurt or, or others might wear the mon- moniker of like being a leader or a minister, but really we're all just family for like, we're never really anything more than family. Some right. of us are just family that help train the family, yeah. you know? And, and so I just want to thank you for being um, a trainer of our worship um, in the way that you do that personally in your life, in your home, in your family, um, but just in the way that you're inviting people into that, both visible on a Sunday morning, um, but also just in, in the everyday stuff of life.
1: Yeah, so. it's a huge blessing to me, so, yeah.
0: So some final thoughts. Do you have, a, do you have any final thought or, or encouragement you would like to give um, our people to conclude this conversation?
1: I would say just the main thing of let Jesus defend you. That's been one of the things that he's been teaching me probably the last year or so, just letting him defend you. And I don't have to go into the details. You can come up and ask me sometime and we can talk about it. But let Jesus defend you.
0: Right on. He speaks a better word for sure. And just Com City, to those of you out there that are listening, why are we doing some of this? You know, why are we doing some of this story collection and story sharing. I just want to just to give you kind of two verses as to our heart um, in this. The first is in um, First Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight. And I believe Brian actually spoke on this not long ago. But it says this: So, so we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but all, also our own selves. Um, that we share with each other just who we are and 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 what God has done in and around and the and you know. Surrounding our life, and so Liz, I want to thank you for inviting us into that today. And then, in the same capacity, uh, Hebrews chapter ten, we we look to that as as another framing for uh, our time together uh, of verse twenty four. Let us consider how to stir one up, stir one another up to love and good works. When we gather together on a Sunday, we're wanting to do that. But even in these in these conversations and in these venues of just hearing your story and hearing what God's been faithful to accomplish. Um, for you and in you. Uh, I hope that, that everyone listening is encouraged to take that truth to heart, to let Jesus defend, and to not have to put on the, the hard shell of our own strength, um, but, but allow him to just be made known and visible in our weakness, and to ultimately be stirred up to love and good works as we continue to live as followers and as worshipers of Jesus. So, thanks for, thanks for sharing that with us today. And uh, as we close out, um, just going to pray over our time and um, and over you, Liz, so, and your family. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks for th- thanks for that. Let's pray together. Um, Lord God, we just thank you so much for just uh, your faithfulness, and uh, even even in hearing Liz's story, we're just reminded of your commitment um, to your children. We're reminded as we. Uh, recognize verses like that one in Romans that that you've not left us alone. Even even, Jesus, you said that you're gonna go away, but you're not gonna leave us as orphans. In fact, your Spirit is gonna come to constantly reinforce and remind our hearts of truth. And um, God, I just want to celebrate just the testimony that we heard today of what it looks like to to see um, one of your children be met and encounter and and established in truth. Um, just want to pray a blessing over Liz and Blake uh, and their family and their pursuits. I just pray that you just um, continue to make yourself known and visible and on display in their lives. And just thank you for uh, what you've given us in your son Jesus. Uh, We don't worship uh, to be routine people. We worship uh, to be because we're grateful people. Um, because you have done the work of making us glad in the things of Christ, we thank you for that, and uh, thank you for our time together today. And um, yeah, we're just so we're just so grateful. In your name, we pray. Amen.